please understand that you're either committed to yourself or you're committed to somebody else. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey, Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. We are taking off from where we left off, and that is the biggest mindset patterns that I needed to crack in order to get our business and finances to break through our earning bottlenecks. So this is continuing on from part one. This is now part two. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoy. And for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the founder and owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for Driven Mofos. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. Anyway, here's part number two. So number six was, I had to stop blaming others for my lack of results when I allowed them to determine or heavily influence my decisions. At the end of the day, I had to be more committed to my goals, more committed to my mission, and more committed to my purpose than I was committed to those around me. If I allowed others to make my decisions or at least heavily influence them, then I would blame them, then I could blame them all I want. But at the end of the day, I still had my lack of results. So I think this is a really big one for most people. And I hope some of you on here are thinking, shit, this is pretty heavy, but it's pretty true because maybe you're going through this at the moment and need to make some different results. But the truth is that most people around you are going to try to influence your decisions, but they're your decisions and you allow them to influence you. You know, I have friends of mine who they'll say, oh, you know, I went out for drinks and everyone was sort of pushing me to have a drink and I had one drink and then it turned into, you know, I'm hungover and blah, blah, blah. And then they blame everybody else. You know, well, oh, I wasn't going to drink. Well, you still could have said no. I've been out with friends of mine before and we've gone out and they party pretty hard, but I still left at nine o'clock and went home. Now, I don't always do that. Every now and again, I'll stay out late because I'm still a bit of a lad. I don't mind going out and having some drinks and things like that. I don't do it very often, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, but I grew up drinking and well, in my early 20s, I drank so much where I was drunk five nights a week. And so now it just doesn't have that same effect. It doesn't serve a purpose in my life. When I think about alcohol consumption, I think about the impact that it's going to have on doing what I love, which is this stuff. And so I would rather wake up in the morning and work and go to the gym than wake up in the morning with a hangover and spend half my day feeling foggy and like shit. And then it takes me three days to get the same motivation to go back to the gym to do what I need to do and get back into thinking clearly. So I just don't want to do it. But it's not saying that if someone does it, it's good or bad. It's just for me, it's not my thing anymore. But a lot of people will blame others for the reasons why they're not getting results. And it's just because they are more committed to their friends. They are more committed to their friends liking them. They are more committed to their partner being happy or their partner being okay or their partner agreeing with what they do than just saying, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I just want to know how can we work together to make this work or with your friends going, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And this is important to me. I've said this on other podcasts as well, is that people either love you or they love the idea of you. And most people, when they say my friends or they say my family or they say my wife or they say my husband or they say my kids, most people's partners don't love them. They love the idea of them. They love you for being the way that they expect you to be, not the way that you really are. And so when someone comes to me and they say, Michael, I want to do this or I want to work with you or I want to do one of your events, but my partner said, you know, I can't, it's a financial thing and I got to do blah, 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 blah. And then they go through this big, long fucking rant. What they're saying is my partner loves the idea of me, not me. Because what you're saying is I know that this is important for me and I know this is what I need to do. 
but my partner doesn't agree with this. And so I would rather have my partner's affection than have my own self-worth, my own self-love, my own respect, my own ability to build my self-worth and to be a better person in myself. And then explain that in a way to my partner that they understand that this is going to make their life better as is mine. Now, it's either a communication problem or it's just a low self-worth problem. And I've had this plenty of times where Jess will say, you know, you can't do this. And I'll go, please don't ever back me into a corner. Like, what do we need to talk about to make this work? Because I've already made the decision that I'm doing it. I just need to know how we're going to make it work. And then we'll discuss it. And then after we discuss it, she's more comfortable with the decision that I'm making. Normally, there's some information that's left out or either that or let's just say you've got $10,000 in the bank and you're going to spend $10,000. If you've got a joint bank account, then in both minds, it's like, well, I can spend it on what's important to me. And the other person thinks I can spend it on what's important to me. Now, if one person wants to save it because that's the thing that makes them feel safe and the other person wants to spend it, there's going to be a conflict there because both parties are thinking about how that $10,000 is going to get used for what's important to them. And so that creates conflict. When you can sit down and go, well, I know that you want safety. I know that you want certainty in life. And by me doing this stuff, this is important to me. This is why it's important. This is how it's going to help our relationship. But it's also going to help you because I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be able to communicate more effectively. Once you stack the value where they can see that the idea of them spending money or you spending money is going to benefit them to the amount of that dollar value, then they'll be fine with it. It's just that most people have shitty communication. They don't really think about the other person. They just go either I want to do it or I can't do it, and then that's their decision-making strategy. And so most of their decision-making is pretty erratic. Please understand that you're either committed to yourself or you're committed to somebody else. Now, when someone says, you know, my wife doesn't want me to do it or my husband doesn't want me to do it, what they're really saying is I'm more committed to them being happy than me being fulfilled in what I want to do in life. And I just don't have a strategy of communicating that effectively. The humans are never committed to somebody else. They're always committed to themselves. It's just that when someone has low self-worth, they allow other people to make the decisions for them because they need that other person in order to experience love. And they need that other experience to make them feel worthy. Once you have your own self-worth and your own self-love, you just learn how to communicate more effectively with those around you because everything you do in life is for you to be better. Number seven, I had to really break the idea of perfectionism. So I put here as number seven, fucking off the idea of perfectionism. Perfectionism is an insecurity that I had to deal with as it prevented me from starting many projects and also created self-depreciating comparisons between myself and others. It led to massive doubt, volatile emotions, intimate relationship with procrastination. I had to realize that those who consistently achieve great results are always improving, refining, and implementing, not focusing on perfect. A massive bottleneck that I had financially and a massive glass ceiling that I had financially was just putting things off because I was always waiting for things to be better or to be the best, and that would hold me back massively. So what I realized was that consistent improvement is the most important thing. I actually wrote it down here this morning. I wrote that you learn through doing, not preparing to do. I heard this for the first time from Alex Mosey. And he said, you know, we get better when we do things, not when we prepare to do things. And so a lot of people spend way too much time preparing to take action instead of taking action when all the learning really comes through the action taking. So I had to learn that perfectionism was just me comparing myself to others. I teach this a lot in Thrive Time. It comes from what Sigmund Freud called the super ego. So when someone else implants their value onto us, then we start doubting ourselves because we compare what we want to do with what we think we should do. And that's how we create shoulds. So when someone says I should go to the gym, that's not really their value. It's an implanted value of somebody else. And so we create those shoulds. And so a lot of the time when people are making decisions, they're making should decisions instead of going, this is what I want, this is how I want it. Also, they're comparing themselves to others. 
I actually wrote a post today and it was around how if you have a look at mental health issues, most mental health issues are a comparison. And so when you look at something like depression, it's very hard for someone to be depressed when there's not a comparison between themselves or others. And I've just consistently found this to be a pattern when I've worked with a lot of people with depression. So it's something to check out. Like when someone's depressed, how should life be? What should you be doing? How should everything be? And what you'll find is they have a lot of shoulds and their comparisons between what they really want to do and what they feel would be better if they did by living someone else's values and doing someone else's comparison. A lot of people won't realize that because they don't ask the right questions and they don't dig deep enough to see it as a comparison or get the comparison out of the person. So number eight to breaking through my glass ceilings and my financial bottlenecks. I had to realize that good decisions decisions are made with good information, not time. So I used to convince myself that I needed more time to make decisions when all I really needed was better information to make a decision. Time is often wasted by thinking that better decisions are made with time to think things through. Eventually, this will destroy your courage and your confidence to make any decision. So I hear this a lot when I'm on the phone with people. They go, I just need more time to think. And I go, well, you don't need more time to think. What you need is you need better information. So what information can I provide you with to make a better decision? So really time is never a reason for people to make better decisions. It's just better information. Once I started doing that, helped me to break through financial bottlenecks because I was able to execute more effectively. I was able to get more shit done. I was able to just commit to things and go with it and realize that the learning process was in there. You know, I used to always try and hold off to buy the right shares in my investments and I'd do all this research and then nothing would happen anyway. Once I just started executing and I knew some things to look out for, I would just look out for them and I'd execute. And what I knew was that over time, good shares always go up in price because you're essentially investing in the company. You're not investing in buying and selling. I'm not a share trader. I just buy shares. And when I buy shares, I'm buying good businesses with good backgrounds. And essentially, I'm investing as an investor in the business. The same as if someone came to me and said, Michael, would you like to invest in my business? I need $50,000. I would do exactly the same thing. Is the business good? Does it have good principles? Is it being run effectively? And then I would lend them the $50,000. And essentially that's what I'm doing. I'm loaning big corporate businesses money, which I'm hoping to get back in the future with a greater return. Now, if the business is good, it pays me dividends, which means that I get paid some of my money back as a bit of a thank you because the business is making profits. So that's how I invest in shares. And then I just reinvest those shares back into it. I don't overcomplicate, I don't buy and sell. But what I realized was that there are a couple of simple things that help me to make really good decisions. And they work most of the time. So I just stick with doing that because it's easy. Whereas before I would do all this market analysis, check everything, test everything. You know, I've got to buy when the market's down really heavily, but no one can predict the market. If you look at the scientific data, and I actually go through this in our Triumph event. In there, I actually talk about how I invest and how I've created some of my wealth. And I spend a whole day doing that. But that whole course is on leadership and influence. But it is really important to generate wealth because if you don't generate wealth, like millionaires normally hang out with millionaires. Billionaires normally hang out with billionaires. Very rarely are you going to be a tire kicker and hang out with billionaires because unless you've got something really highly valuable to offer, why would they want to spend time with you? There normally has to be a fair value exchange. Normally the problems that people have are directly proportional to the lifestyle that they're living in order to be understood. So normally it's just, I'm not saying that all millionaires will hang out with all millionaires, but the majority of the time that tends to be the case. What I realized was that I've just got to start investing. I've got to start making decisions and I'll learn through my mistakes. And also there are basic principles that I can just make those decisions on and that'll be fine. That was my own experience though. What I find is a lot of people keep putting things off because they're just really bad at decision-making. And every time they make a shitty decision, they keep putting things off. It just reinforces the fact that their decision-making strategy is crap. And so then they just keep putting off decisions because they're afraid to make decisions. When you start making decisions, you get better at the decision-making process, which then also means that over time you make faster decisions, you make more decisions, and you're more likely to get results 
because you will fail and make mistakes, learn from them and execute again. And you just keep going through that process until things move forward. So most people are trying to make the right decision instead of making a fucking decision. And that's part of the problem. So that was number eight. Number nine is the realization that money only solves money problems, not any other problem. I realized that most people who struggle to achieve in life blame money for most of their problems, when often the lack of money was a byproduct of other problems, like a loss of self-worth, poor communication, inability to negotiate, poor time management, poor mindset and mental health, poor energy, inability to make a decision or commit to something, inability to be adaptable and to learn, a lack of focus, etc. So what I mean by that is that most people will blame money as a problem. So they'll say, we don't have any money. Well, money is never the problem. The problem is something else. So let's say a person says, I don't have enough money. Okay, well, why? Why don't they have enough money? Why don't you get paid enough? Well, why don't you get paid enough? Well, I don't get paid enough because my boss is a prick. No, that's not the case. Because if you're making a million dollars and you want a $5 pay rise, I'm sure your boss would give it to you. Because if you go somewhere else and you make them a million dollars, you're essentially making someone else money. Most business owners aren't stupid. What they're doing is they're trying to figure out what is helping the business grow and what's not. Now, when an employee sits there and they say, well, I should be getting paid more. Well, no, you shouldn't. What value do you produce in the company? And how much is that worth in a dollar value? Now, if let's just say you've got a salesperson, a salesperson is doing $10 million in sales a year, and they say, I want $500,000 as a wage, I would assume that almost every business owner, that's a no-brainer. Whereas when you've got, let's say, an admin person who creates a whole bunch of major head fucks in the business because they don't really give a shit about what they do, they just rock up, they chill, they cruise along, they're on Facebook, and then they go, well, I'm getting paid 60000 and I want $70,000. The boss will go, no fucking way. Because why would they pay you any cent more than bare minimum income when you do bare minimum work? And most employees go, well, yeah, but I should be getting paid more. Well, no, you shouldn't. In all honesty, if you look at proper capitalism, and I'm not saying that this is right or I'm not saying that it's wrong, but essentially we get paid value and that's called money. And we produce value, which is money. And people take risks. So a business owner takes a risk by having a business. As a business owner, I'm always taking risks. And sometimes those risks cost a lot of money when I fuck them up. And sometimes, you know, staff stuff things up. And so I got to pay money for that. And then you've got to pay insurances and overheads and tax. And there's a lot of outgoing costs that the majority of people just don't even think about. And the business owners on here today are probably thinking, yeah, spot on. Because there's so much money tied up in the business. Everything from like, you know, the tradies that are listening. That staff member that throws out a whole bunch of copper wire that's, you know, three or 400 bucks. Now, if that happens a couple of times a year, you've lost a couple of grand. The staff member gets to a job and goes, oh shit, I left a tool at the workshop, which is 45 minutes away. So they've got to drive back now for 45 minutes. So you lose 45 minutes worth of work. Who pays for that? Because the employee doesn't go, oh, I'll just cross 45 minutes off. They still want to get paid for the hour that they're there at work. So all of these costs add up a lot. Now, when someone sees themselves as an employee and as adding value, then they will be paid in proportion to the value that they create. So if you're someone who gets to work on time, you solve problems, you help more people, you're executing things effectively, you're taking work off of other people and executing it so well that your boss looks at you and goes, shit, I couldn't live without that person. When you go to them and say, hey, I want a pay rise, they'll probably give you a pay rise because you're doing things that are value adding. What a lot of employees do, they go to work, they chill out, they're just there, they're cruising, they can't be fucked, they've been hung over from the night before, they're just chilling, then they fuck something up, which costs the business 10 grand, and then they're like, oh man, I'm sorry. Well, that 10 grand comes out of the business owner's pocket and they go home on fucking Friday night and they don't give a shit. This here is what costs businesses a lot of money. And so what I realized was that everyone gets paid in proportion to the level of the problems that they solve and the value that they create. So if you're a business owner here and you can solve bigger problems, you'll get paid more than someone who solves little problems. If you're an employee and you want to get paid more, solve bigger problems in the company. 
And the bigger the problem that you solve that's an actual real problem, the more money you'll get paid. And this is normally why high-level executives get paid more than low-level workers. And I see a lot of low-level workers who are on a production line who go, you know, they don't understand, they don't give a shit. That big manager, that high-level leader is probably sitting in their office having a coffee right now and thinking. And that thinking, by the time that gets executed, that thought process has to be thought out so well that you can give it to a whole bunch of people who don't want to think. You can give them how to do something and everything works seamlessly and a bunch of problems will pop up, but most things run seamlessly. But there's so many pieces to that jigsaw puzzle. So even though it looks like high-level executives aren't doing much, they actually spend a lot of time thinking. And they spend a lot of time thinking through what could go wrong and trying to communicate that and work through something. If they're good, there are a lot of high-level executives that aren't really that good. They're just good, smooth talkers and they get roles, but they get caught out pretty quick. So anyway, coming back to number nine, money only solves money problems. It won't solve any other problem. If you get more money and you've got low self-worth, you'll end up having just as low self-worth with more money. Because what will happen is you'll go out, blow your cash, you'll buy all the cars, the clothes, the everything in order to try and impress others. And then you realize that no one still gives a shit. And then you'll go, fuck, I've just wasted all my money and my self-worth still sucks. And so before you had money and you had no self-worth. Now you've got no money, no self-worth, and that will destroy your self-worth even more. Poor communication. It doesn't solve communication problems. So if you're in a relationship and you're arguing about money, money won't solve that problem because it's probably a communication problem around money. It's not a money problem itself. Money is just a money problem. That's it. And all you do is you get money and you use it for things. Okay, that's it. A poor mindset, it doesn't solve your mindset problems unless you're gonna go do something with that money. Now, if someone comes and pays and they come and do an event like Thrive Time, then we can solve that mindset problem or we can help them with the mindset problem and work through it. But most people think that if I just make more money, it will help me with my mental health and it won't. If someone is highly stressed in their business and they can't figure out how to get money, then they'll blame money for the reason why they're stressed. But the truth is they're stressed because they can't deal with stress. And the more money you make, the more stress you have. So I learned this the hard way because I used to get really stressed out about money and it caused a high turnover of staff, it caused more stress, it caused more frustration, it caused more sleepless nights. But it wasn't a money problem, it was just I didn't deal with my stress that well. And there was a lot of moving parts and there was a lot of things going on, but anyway. Number 10 is life was a reflection of my past thoughts and my past actions. If I wasn't getting the results that I wanted today, then I better change my thoughts and my actions today or else tomorrow, things will be no different. And so a lot of people keep thinking, and I know I used to think this, I used to think that things would change and I would convince myself, things will change tomorrow, things will be better tomorrow, things will be better next week. Nothing will be better unless different decisions are made. And until you make different decisions, you don't create a different life. Sometimes it's the tough decisions that change everything. So please understand that where you are today is just because of your past decision-making, your past actions and your past thoughts. If today you don't have the results that you want, then you've got to have different actions today different thoughts, and also different decisions. If not, nothing changes. And tomorrow you'll be in the same place. And most people live pretty predictable lives. After having worked with tens of thousands of people, I can tell you right now that the majority of people listening to this podcast, maybe not the majority of people listening to this podcast because you're listening to it because you wanna change. But I would say that most people in our society, if you lined them up in front of me and there was 100 people, 99 of those people would be in exactly the same position in 10 years as what they are now. The only thing that will change will be their mental health, but their results will be exactly the same. If they're broke today, they'll be broke in 10 years. 99 out of the 100 will be like that. If 99 of them are obese and overweight, 99 percent of them or 99 out of the 100 will be obese in 10 years time, probably more obese. If people aren't enjoying life now, they probably won't enjoy life in 10 years. Not because they can't, but because they won't. And they won't because they won't make different decisions, they won't change their thinking, and they won't change their actions or their behaviors. 
okay? And they'll convince themselves that that's okay. Anyway, I know that this has been quite a long podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed doing it. If you haven't jumped across and joined our Facebook group, which is the No BS Business Hacks group, please jump across there. It's been growing every day. I know a lot of you have been coming from the podcast as well. So if you're part of that group, I really appreciate it. I know we've been dropping content in there daily. I know also in the next week, I'm going to do a whole presentation on sales and how I go through the whole sales process. Everything from how do you go out and generate leads and how do you make contacts with people that you don't know? Like how do you just walk out and make cold contacts? And I've built some of my best friendships this way. Also then how do you go through the sales process and help to get someone to make a decision? And how do you close that? without it being a high pressure sales situation. You don't wanna have that tension and that friction. Normally these days when I get on the phone, I really enjoy talking to people. So I get on the phone, I'm just having a chat with my friends. And that's the way I see the sales process. And when I do that really effectively, it normally converts well. And then what's the follow-up sequence to make sure you get long-term customers that keep buying? So I'm gonna go through that whole process and it's gonna be highly valuable. I've only ever done this and shared this with our Business Growth Odyssey group. So I look forward to sharing it in our group, which is a free group. So if you haven't already done so, please type in to Facebook. It's the No BS Business Hacks. So just type in No BS Business Hacks in the search bar and it will come up and you can join it for free. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it's given you a lot to think about as well. I know it's definitely helped me out and I wouldn't be the person I am today without breaking through these 10 glass ceilings. So I hope that it helps. Anyway, Driven Mofos, never underestimate the dream. Keep kicking it. Mm -hmm.